Welcome to Great Minds, a wine-centric podcast where two wine-loving friends take a look beyond what's in the glass. We look behind it, too, discovering the stories, the culture, the history, and the people that make it all happen. I'm Julie Glenn. And while we're at it, we consume a little bit of wine, too. I'm Gina Birch. You know, we're approaching Mother's Day weekend, and we talked about a podcast on rosé for Mother's Day. I think, Julie, both of us have written stories over the years with the theme of a bouquet of rosés for Mother's Day. I think last year for the podcast, we did a dozen rosés. I, I think we did. And while I love it, I'll drink rosé all day. I want to have that thing tattooed on my body somewhere, rosé all day, rosé every day. personal slogan. Yeah, but so uh, we're going to veer off the path a little bit, right? We're going to do something a little different this year for the moms out there because I think we needed to do something, not that we're not delicate when we want to be, <laughs> but this year all of us moms have been forced to be super badasses. So the, the this is what moms have gone through this year. We had a pandemic. Mm-hmm. We had explaining societal strife to our kids. Mm. We had an election year, which was tenuous in any other year, but this year was even extra bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And then we had the lockdown that had kids out of school, so moms had to be teachers, homeschooling, figuring out the technology to make that happen, which was my personal uh tripping point i was ready to rip my eyebrows out when i couldn't remember passwords and i couldn't get things to load properly and they wouldn't respond and then you're working from home on top of it right and then the dishes because everybody was eating at home we did so many dishes it was painful well so i'm it's not been a, mom, a year but my I, I lived it through my family and, and you and my other friends who are moms and i know my mom my sister-in-law not only did she have all of those things that you had to talk with but she had my brother at home trying to work upstairs too mm-hmm. So, you know, he's like, keep the kids quiet. I'm on a million dollar conference call. You're like also a librarian. Like, (laughs) okay, let me just do that right now. That works really well with kids. (laughs) I'm the ringmaster of the you know what show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was the year. So this Mother's Day, I think we need to look for the big wines, the big flavors. And high alcohol content. Yeah. <laughs> Strength and power, high alcohol. Red wines are an obvious choice uh, for those big bad mamas. Um, so we're going to get to those in a minute. So let's start with the white. When it comes to big, bold white grapes, the only thing that comes to mind for me immediately is Chardonnay. Yeah, they are definitely big. Mm-hmm. Um, Australian Chardonnay is huge. Any warm climate Chardonnay is going to be a little bit bigger. But, you know, that always depends on how it's vinified. Mm. I just took a sip of what's in our glass in studio today. It's a Panthera Chardonnay. It's made in Russian River Valley, and it's part of the Hess collection. And one of the reasons why I grabbed this one is because Hess has the lion as its emblem. And I just think, you know, Panther, Panthera is a large cat too, so it makes sense that this is one of the labels under their brand. But I think of moms as lions, you know, protecting their young. They're strong and they're powerful. And, and, and these big cats are, are like are like moms to me. It's perfect. The panther is it's sleek and it's stealth and it's sexy again, traits that many moms exude. And um, the difference is this one is not as big and powerful and in your face as a lot of Chardonnays. I mean, it's a nice, big, uh, structured wine. Uh, it's made from mountain fruit from Mount Veter. Uh, but I think I get I get I get more of the fruit. I get a lot of acid in this too. It's a big mouth feel, but I think it's a it's a great example of a 
uh, Chardonnay from Mountain Fruit from from California. It's, so uh, I've always referred to Chardonnay as cougar juice anyway. Yes. <laughs> so it's excellent that we have a big predatory cat mm. representing Mama's White Wine. Look at you, girl. Yeah, I mean, no matter where it comes from, Chardonnay is big. The Chardonnay of Pouligny Montrachet would be a lean, lithe cheetah, right. racy and acidic. And, of course, there's a style that's big, round, bold honkers with all the oak and the malolactic fermentations, sometimes flabby like a house cat. Yeah. <laughs> but also a quite quite capable huntress. Just ask any um, area birds. You know, no um, kidding. house cats are like the greatest cause of death in, in uh, wild bird. birds. Yeah. <laughs> it's the... unbelievable. Little hunters. So, anyway, yeah, there's always all different kinds of Chardonnay, all different styles, uh, places that they are grown. But Chardonnay is... As I said, cougar juice. And it can be very cougar juicy when it's like all the malolactic and it yeah. just smells like Orville Redenbach or popcorn because of that uh, fermentation style that makes it just all big and right. round and stuff. But um, Chardonnay cannot be dismissed as simply an inexpensive cougar juice kind of a concoction. And this is an example of uh, how classy it can be. Yeah. It can wash out the Aquanet. And rub off all the blue eyeshadow. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and take off the animal print spandex <laughs> and step out of the platform oh my high God, heels. The animal print spandex. Well, I mean, that's the, classic. No, I'm just I'm just seeing it right now. This is my total visual the... of not great Chardonnay. Right. This one's around forty five bucks. Uh, I think it uh, it delivers for that price point too. It's a... mm -hmm. mm. I think it's good. I mm. like this one. I mean, it's it, nice and round. Got some acid. But you have the Chardonnay character, you know, that right? kind of like, I want to You know say what it is. Like corn, you know, but it's kind of, Chardonnay always reminds me of sweet corn. Right. Oh. I know. A little mm. bit. Like on the finish when you breathe back out later. Yeah. Anyway, so while Mother's Day is coming up this weekend, we're releasing this po wine podcast on Wine Wednesday, which happens to be Sauvignon Blanc Day, which right. is a great thing to tie in with Mother's Day. Yeah. Because she is, you know, while she's a great afternoon sipper, something for lunch, brunch with the ladies, dinner too. It's also the mom of wine. She is the partner of Cab Franc that during that spontaneous field crossing, we've all had those, <laughs> produced the offspring that we now know and love as Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm -hmm. So Sauvignon Blanc, I think um, I like crowning her mom wine, okay. the, the wine mother. I, all right. I, I will go with you on that. And, you know, since we started with the animal theme with moms, um, how about a Ramsgate Sauvignon Blanc. You know, sense. moms have to be ram, have a ram-like characteristic Especially to get through this last year, year man. Right? It's like put your head down, just yep. keep plowing forward. Right. You can do it. What have you rammed through this year? Oh, man. <laughs> Name it to list it. Put your head down and survive. Mm -hmm. um, so this is a Sauvignon Blanc. You know, a Sauvignon Blanc really went nuts in popularity um, not long ago, like what, 10 years ago, 10 to 7 right. years ago. It's still very popular. Um, but it got really actively and heavily marketed out of New Zealand. Oh. And New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc has a very definite characteristic. If you're not familiar with it already, think of fresh mowed grass mm. and uh, grapefruits. Well, you know, when you're thinking about the characteristics of moms being powerful and and kind of having to be in your face a little bit this year, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc would be a perfect example of that. That is the um, mom screaming while on a Zoom call. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just muted myself for a second and turned so I could yell. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you mute uh, yourself? Uh, no, uh, you know. no, don't don't worry. No, 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 never mind. So this wine that we're drinking though is California mm -hmm. Ramsgate. It's actually from Carneros, and you know I'm more familiar with the Ramsgate Ram 
Ramsgate's Pinots mm-hmm. and Chardonnay. So I was super excited to try this Sauvignon Blanc. I love um, the lighter side of Carneros. That is a region I oh. think is always very, uh, people really look at the Pinot Noir there, but I think that the whites, the Chardonnay, mm-hmm. the rosé even for that matter, and something like this, I'm pretty sure I'm going to love it. I think Ramsgate does make a, a rosé. Everything they do is small production. So this, the difference with this Sauvignon Blanc is... That gives it a little more body is it did spend some time in new French oak, only about 10%, uh, about 70% in neutral oak, and the rest in steel tank. So that's that oak is what's giving this one um, a little more body. It's not It's got that nice acid, but it's not that burning acid where you feel like yeah. you've got to take a Tums afterwards. It stays up in your mouth. Right. And this is about a $38 uh, Sauvignon Blanc. It's pretty nice. This kind of reminds me of the mom who uh, whose default cleaning mechanism is the Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. Ah, she just just forget about the spray and the paper towel. Just give me the Mr. Clean. I got stuff to do. Yeah, you know, this is getting to the point. Mm. This has got some nice tropical fruits in there. Yeah, um, a little brulee flavor. But boy, the nose is really herbal. Yeah, isn't yes, it? Herbaceous, it's like giving sure. me like a mm. like a. Like, I'm just walking through the herb garden. Like, right. I want to say almost thyme. It's mm-hmm. really good. T-H-Y-M-E. Oh, speak, speaking of oh, that's H's. Time. Yeah. Time, T-H-Y-M-E. But I want to speak about the H in Panthera, the Chardonnay that we yeah. tried. I don't want anybody to get that confused with everybody's favorite speed metal band, Pantera. <laughs> it's Panthera with an H. <laughs> it's like you're saying Pantera and you're in Barcelona. Pantera. Pantera. Death. Yeah. <laughs> so just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> that wine was labeled by somebody from Barcelona who really yeah. liked Pantera Speed Metal. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, taking it way back to That's the early right. 90s. Oh. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, when we're talking about, we're going to take pictures of all of these bottles, by the way, and um, and let you see what we're doing. So you can see it's Pantera, not Panthera, or whatever you just said, Panthera. Um Let's move on to the reds, shall we? Yeah, let's move on to the reds. We're talking. We talked about mom. You know, mm-hmm. the Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, that was the mom of Cab Sauv. So that's where he got the Sauvignon part of his name. Um, and then the dad was Cab Franc. So now, you know, rinse. rinsing out our glasses so yeah. we don't have overbearing uh, Sauvignon Blanc acidity coming into right. our Cab Franc. That is not an acceptable well, blend. We're doing, we're doing Cab or Cab Franc next. Let's do Cab Franc because that's the dad. Okay. What do you think? Yeah. And there it is. Cab Franc is usually a sturdy old fellow, kind of as depicted on the label of this one. This one's called uh, Rider's Block, and it has like a stodgy old guy. Gosh, man, does that smell good. Yeah. Mm. Does it? I I mean, I just, I haven't even stuck my nose in the glass just from pouring it from the bottle. I love when someone pours a glass of wine uh, at a table or across from me, and I can smell it before it even gets into my glass. I mean, that to me is like, <gasps> it gets me excited. It makes me like, ooh, yeah, I sit on the edge of my one. seat. This one kind of has like an almost iron-rich kind of a nose, like mm. oh. like Carpaccio. And I always smell, uh, you know, Cap Franc always has a classic, people say a, a green pepper herbal, veget- herbal note. Vegetal. Vegetal. Kind of feel, and, yeah. and I know green pepper is not always... Uh, a good thing or a, or a thing that's considered uh, a quality element in a lot of reds, but it's that's, not that's bad. That's Franc generally tends to have, smell especially it. on the nose. But, you know, I'm getting some floral notes in this, too, Julie. I am, too. I mean, yeah, wow, like, this is beautiful. Writer's Block um, is by Jed Steele, uh, and all of his wines come from 
Lake County. I think all of them, or at least a majority of them do. Mm-hmm. And they're all some very small production. And they're great values to me. This one's like 18 bucks, and I and I think they just made, I'm, I could be getting this wrong, but 11, 12, 1,300 cases, not very much. And this is the 2017. Um, Lake County. Lake County. Writer's Block, since we're talking about big, kick-ass grapes for moms, they always, uh, Writer's Block has a Malbec and a Syrah. Another reason I'm partial to this is because I suffer from Writer's Block on a daily freaking basis. <laughs> every day. Every day. That little cursor yeah. blinking at you on a white screen. It's I like, open a bottle of writer's block and all of a sudden magic happens. Yeah. Well, I can I can think and write again. Might be a couple typos here and there, but you know, mm. those are correctable. That's, That's what editors are for. Mm-hmm. And autocorrect. Although sometimes mm. it messes up all my cuss words every time. Ah. I'm going to tell you it's never duck. Mine adds... <laughs> <laughs> Mine adds random cuss words, which I really like. Really? You yeah. are so lucky. No, Mine gets censored right out. Except when I send it and it... Well, anyway. I get some <laughs> I get some <laughs> cherry in here. Oh, this is a nice little wine. It smells like a rose from a 100-year-old rose bush. Mm. You know, like the old school roses? Wow. The ones that, that smelled? And that's got some good structure, too. This, um, uh, it's making me salivate, you know, in the back corner. So it's got mm-hmm. some good acid. I think this is one that we could have let sit for a couple more years or decant. Yeah. It's it's a little tight. And that's the thing tight. with some of these big red wines um, that uh, I think we take for granted sometimes is when you open one for dinner and you have one of these younger ones that by the time you get to the, the end of the meal and it's, it's been sitting for an hour, then it's like, oh, my this God, is what it was supposed to be more. like. It's so good. Where's now? another bottle? It's like, yeah, you're going to have to wait for another hour for that one. So, yeah. so always think about decanting your young red wines. It's little babies. Yeah. Well, even though this one's the dad in the situation. Yeah. But Cat Franc is the dad in the, in the cat. In, in the, the family that we're discussing. This is such a good family celebration. So we started with, okay, so this is the dad. Break it down for us again so, for someone who's just like, oh, okay, I get it now. Cabernet Sauvignon was a creation of a spontaneous field crossing of Cabernet Sauvignon and Sauvignon, wait, Cabernet Franc and Sauvignon Blanc. So it took the Cabernet from dad and the Sauvignon from mom, and that's where we have the grape that has made Napa super-duper famous. Mm-hmm. Um and the next one that we have is the little boy who's not little at all. It's kind of like <laughs> when you have a son who grows to be like about a foot taller than either parent. Right. That's kind of how this little dude is. Um, this is uh, the Cliff Lead Cab yeah, Sob. to the Cab Sob now. Yeah, and this is from Stag's Leap District. And mm-hmm. Stag's Leap is the cab that was the participant in the 76th Judgment of Paris. Right. Um, this, Cliff Lead was not, but it was Stag's Leap Cellars, and that was their cab that beat the French Reds um, and made people take notice of quality wines from Napa. So um, now we're trying the Cabernet Sauvignon. Ooh, um, look at the, the color in this, too. It's so beautiful. So Cliff Lead, and then another some more of small production uh, winery, um, Stag, Stag's Leap. Besides its historical uh, connotations, which you mentioned, grapes from this district are typically known for coming together to make wines that have a lot of power and elegance. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like balancing the scale because um, you don't think of elegance. Sometimes you think of it as soft, but no, it's powerful. It's like that velvet glove kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And this one has, you know, higher. This is 2017. Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. You know, nobody thought she was weak. Uh-uh. But she was very elegant. Right. You know. Um, 
14.9% alcohol. You know, we haven't talked really about the alcohol content. This one, oh, God, that smells good. And that's so much softer Dang. than the straight-up Cab Franc. Right. And Don't you find it? But I do find on the nose some of the vegetal qualities of the Cab Franc. Of course, mm. this is does not have Cab Franc. It is wow. a Cab Sauv, so Or it might have a little bit blended in. I get some nice herbal qualities in this. It's about a $78 bottle. Um, and that is soft and round. Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Soft and round like me right now after COVID. Yeah, everybody's (laughs) soft and round. However, let's discuss again real quick alcohol content. Higher alcohol wines tend to come from warmer climates Mm -hmm. almost all the time uh, because you have more sugar production. And we all know that in winemaking, you're turning sugar into alcohol. So if you have a lot of sugar, you need to turn a lot of that sugar into alcohol in order to make that grape juice into wine. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, some a lot of t- the wines that we've tried today are all around fourteen percent. Yeah, they're four- all kind of similar in the fourteen point seven percent, fourteen point whatever percent. But I have seen Zinfandels, which can really take a lot of hot weather before they can get phenolic ripeness. But they have a lot of sugar in there that can be labeled sixteen percent alcohol. Right. And I think the law is seventeen. I think it's 16, is it 16.5 or 17? I want to say 16.5. I, I didn't look that up before we came in. But but then there's also that, is it a 2% variant that yeah, you, can I think that you can fluctuate? You, so yeah. it's like a... Uh, it could be as much as 1% greater than what is reported on the bottle. Right. Or less. Because mm-hmm. there's a, a little room for fudging and mm-hmm. uh, variation. Although I don't error. think it varies after you've measured it and put it in a bottle. I don't think it changes. Uh, I don't know. I haven't gotten in there to find out. No, I'm not a to. scientist. And 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 honestly, I don't really. I have friends who get alcohol content because they have a perception of what they're going to get, and they're like, oh, I want a high alcohol, or I want this, or I don't want that. And for me, I don't even really. That's not something I pay attention to when I buy a bottle of wine. I pay attention to alcohol content in wine only so I can know what I'm going to be tasting. You know, sometimes um, it's interesting. We look at some rieslings; they have like. 9, 10, 11% alcohol. Mm-hmm. And generally, European wines for a long time have tended to have less alcohol, but I've been noticing their alcohol percentages creeping up in recent years. And that probably has something to do with global warming yeah. and warmer climates and more sunny days. Uh, so, yeah. I'm getting coffee in this now. In you the are? Lead, like coffee grounds. I can't wait to see this one open. Mm-hmm. I mean, this to me is, is really. Um, Really nice wine. They've all been great wines. I would spend money on all four of these again because... uh, And Writer's Block, I think, would be a great gift wine. Yeah. For anybody that you know that has been much of a writer. There are so many Mm -hmm. of us that have friends in the creative world. Writer's Block's a a great gift wine. Mm -hmm. And really not that expensive. It's not that expensive. I think think Writer's Block in general is a good value wine. Because you get a lot for that that $20 Mm -hmm. in that bottle. And... uh, you just need to let it sit. You just need to decant it. I agree. So if I was going to the store, oh, we brought, but we're not going to try because we don't want to bore you through it, Mettler Zinfandel. Um, they are a maker of really good Zinfandel. Their Zinfandel is called Epicenter because they're in Lodi, which is considered by many to be the epicenter of Zinfandel growing. But um, they also have Petite Syrah, which is another big boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a big one. It's called Petite because the grapes are little. So that means you got more skin-to-juice ratio, so you're going to be extracting a whole lot more tannin, a lot more color, and a lot of that big redness. Always remember there's nothing petite about Petite Syrah. It's a misnomer. I know. (laughs) Well, they're talking about the berry size of the little individual grapes, and that's almost the case in every other petite, like Petite Verdot, Petite Mansang, all these guys. They have very little 
No, but you're right. It's it's in reference to the grapes, not what you're getting in the glass. But everything that Mettler does has been that I've tried. I went through a range of uh, of tastings lately with them, and and they they were all really um, solid. They're quality wines, but they're big. Big compositions, you know, a lot of structure, so that would be a good one for for mom as well. So this Mother's Day, be sure to celebrate your mom. And if you want to go delicate, you can always get the rosés. Start with that. It's not a bad thing. Start there, but then be sure to reward her with some really big wearing-the-pants-in-the-family kind of reds. Hell yeah. Come on. Let's raise our glass to all you moms out there. Ladies, it's been tough. Let's be honest. And we could use some big wines. Yeah. And dads, we're going to celebrate you coming up next month. Don't worry. We're not going to leave you up. But right now we're on to moms. And also, happy Sauvignon Blanc Day. Yeah. Happy Sauvignon Blanc Day. Happy Mother's Day. Great Minds is produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Our producer for online media is Tara Callaghan. Great Minds theme music is from the Kansas City Bed. Victor and Penny, the song is You'd Be So Nice to Come Home To by Cole Porter. To get in touch with us, check out greatminds.org. For Julie Glenn, I'm Gina Burge. Thank you so much for listening.